Welcome back to our weekly roundup where all the coaches get together and talk about everything that we helped our agents with this week. Anything interesting that we found come up and insight that we see in the market. Jen, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. <laughs> Just working, talking to agents, teaching classes. Been a busy week this week for masterminds and, and training. So it's uh, lots of teaching going on. Yeah, I heard you ran a pretty awesome command class this week. Actually, I had a yeah, we, we did a session yesterday, um, mainly on Zoom. I had a, actually had a couple of people in the classroom. So that was really nice. Usually, it's just me talking to a computer <laughs> by myself. And uh, uh, yeah, we did two hours. And we went through a really solid session. I think there's about 10 people in the class. And we went over oh using command to nurture your database and your systems and setting up smart plans and using designs to send out auto emails and all that sort of cool stuff that command can do. So it was good. It was nice to actually like get back to teaching the tech side of things because it's really cool when you actually dig into it, right? And you mm -hmm. see how it, how it works. Yeah. I want to give a quick shout out to, I think it's Marty Miller, the guy that does the 66 day challenge for command. He is still going. He's on like version seven of that challenge. Just did a new <laughs> oh one. In January, I think he's on, I don't know if he's on week 20 or day 20 or something like that. But uh, if anybody is out there wondering how they can get better at command, this guy does everything, um, teaches you how to run ads, just the basics of how to get set up. But fundamentally, you will be able to use command to its full potential if you do that challenge. So, you know, mm -hmm. have to yeah. down. Mike, I want to yeah. jump right into it. Uh, before on our coaches call, our coaches meeting that we just had, you were mentioning helping some people manage client expectations. So I want to hear more about that so we can all kind of chat about it. Yeah, yeah. So what, that's kind of what came up for me this week is that, um, you know, in this tricky market that we're kind of in with, you know, sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's cold, um, managing your client's expectations and how you can be, at the end of the day, that professional they've trusted in you to be. Um, and I think it's super important because in, in the circumstance that I'm talking about, Clients had sat or the, the realtors had sat down with their clients. They had gone over a CMA, which they had done an extensive amount of research on. And they came up with the price point that they think was very, very fair for their, their clients. Um, and it was very competitive, obviously, at the time. And so clients were totally on board. It goes live. And then all of a sudden, like floodgates open a ton of showings, ton and ton of showings. Okay. Now, clients are now going, wow, with all this activity, we're expecting a lot more money, right? Which is great. Like, yeah, okay, as you probably might expect. But at the end of the day, the expectations are a little bit unrealistic because the amount of work that went into getting that price point is the reason as to why there is so much activity because it's already competitive as it is, right? And that's the whole reason why you're seeing the activity you're seeing. Now, in this circumstance, it actually worked out that they were able to use that as leverage, use all the other showings as leverage to um, force an agent up in price point, um, which they end up getting $50,000 over asking, right, which is incredible. Um, but at the time, the, the homeowners were kind of debating as to whether or not they should take it or not, mm -hmm. right? So again, it's managing that client's expectation. And that's exactly what the realtors did is they went back to them and they said, guys, at the end of the day, this is the product we have. These are the comparables and we're already selling higher than all those comparables in a down market. Yeah. So this is incredible, right? Like at what point do you say, you know, we're being greedy versus like, wow, we killed it. Um, mm -hmm. And the clients reasoned with them and, and that's how they came down. And I don't know how you guys manage clients' expectations, but I'm a little bit more aggressive with it in terms of like valuations. Um, I'd love to hear how you guys would do it differently. Yeah, Mel, ch chime in here. Yeah, I said, well, we always, I preempt it now. 
because typically as soon as we get that property, because we do cleaning, staging, all that business, once that's done, they always sit down and say, well, now look at this place. You were talking X number. Now we can get this. So I make it really super clear when we're doing the price conversation, say, I am taking into account that we are going to be cleaning, we're going to be staging, this thing is going to be, you're you're not going to want to move by the time we, like I'm mm-hmm. taking that into account, yeah. right? When mm-hmm. I, so. And you're setting, resetting the expectation is what I'm hearing. Yes. Yeah. 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 You preset it. That's, that's how I've said. And this, but you know what? Kudos to them because the market is shifting. I'm seeing like, uh, we're not so much in a down market. Like we are churning. I can see some real good churnings, you know, that are happening, not necessarily just with my listings, but in general. Um, So yeah, it's very, very interesting, but that happens, right? People think I I have a great line, by the way, if you guys can borrow it and it's, it's pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. And I do tell my clients that at some point (laughs) when we get there. (laughs) <laughs> right? Pigs get fat and hogs get I'm, I'm not sure I fully understand the expression, but I get the point. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Good. That's so Good. funny. I, I think that you're right. First, let's talk about the change in the market because I think some people might not be aware of that. We had a great conversation last week about how do you answer that question about how's the market and not getting ahead of yourself with taking an innocent question into give, pointing it with a negative lens or anything like that. And we should do the same with not making it overly positive as well and, and digging deeper on the question. But nonetheless, our, our listing last week, we had 71 showings in six days, 12 offers from those 71 showings and sold 138 over the asking price. So there is definitely a massive shift in terms of, um, we're just going to let Jen back in here. There were a massive shift in terms of the activity that we were previously seeing. So mm-hmm. I think yeah, that that's, uh, that's something to be aware of. But the, the same thing pops up with that. Okay, now expectations have changed. We had 71 people come through this house. We should get more money, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so in both of these situations that, that Mike and I are talking about, the clients did get more money, so it all worked out. But what if they didn't get more money? I think that's really where managing the expectations becomes the challenge. Mel is preemptively doing that. She's like, I'm taking that into effect, into account before we go out there. That's why the price is what the price is. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Anybody else have anything else to kind of throw in there for when it doesn't go the way that, that maybe mm-hmm. that seller would be looking for? I've... A script that I've always used in the past when, when that situation occurs is same as Mel, set the expectations in advance. Mm-hmm. And then if for whatever reason, you know, you still get those prices that come in below list or at list or and they're kind of like we, we should have gotten more. I always go back to saying, listen, like I know it feels that you should have gotten more based on the activity that you've been experiencing in the property. And the activity is based on the marketing that we've done, the campaigning we've done the photos and how the home looks. But at the end of the day, every single buyer is still looking at the most comparable sales that have occurred in the last 30 to 60 days. And those are the ones that we've shown you. So if there's no additional feature or value add that's going to drive them to pay you more, they're looking at this and going, well, that's still market value and that's still fair value for the price, for the home. And what, you know, 30, 10 days ago or five days ago, whatever it was, we felt was a great price now they're all agreeing with us. Yeah. So we have to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. I think that's honestly the perfect answer, right? Because mm-hmm. it always comes and down to money back. versus expectations and they need to line up. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. exactly that, like when you do sit down and you do prepare that CMA with those clients and you determine the fair market value, if it is truly that value of the home, you're going to find many people that are going to see the value and those people are going to fight for it. That's just mm-hmm. a, na- that's a na- natural thing that's going to happen. Right. And what? so that's exactly what happened is these clients, like they got a full offer asking within a day, but that's because somebody also saw the true value. That's the value of the home. And then yeah. They use, oh, well, we have another 15 showings happening. And that guy was like, okay, fine. I'll give you 50 grand more, right? And boom, done. Call it a day, right? And so that's exactly what happens when you do your work you know, correctly. Mm-hmm. It does kind of work out that um, Yeah. One thing of caution. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Mel. Oh, Mel? we lose Mel. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. You know, you know the worst thing is Mel's sitting somewhere with her hand up, being like, "I'm gonna forget my point if you don't throw it to me soon." Yeah, yeah. Oh, poor Mel, we lost her. That's okay. Yeah. She'll come back to her later. Yeah. But no, I was just saying, like, that's exactly it. Is just managing that expectation um, and making sure the client is fully aware of what's going on, um, and that what you're doing, you are the professional at the end of the day, right? So you have to, you have to manage that expectation. Like, if I went into my doctor's office and I told them. You know, yeah, yeah, I got to get a leg operation, but I don't think you're doing it the right way. He would look at me like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, what? No. Right. And that's kind of how we need to approach it. You got to, you got to have the confidence to say to somebody, no, you're wrong. And this is why. Right. And this is, this is the reason why we did this. Yeah. I love what Mel talked about at the beginning of like, Hey, we're doing all this stuff. We're putting the package together. We're doing all the marketing. Maybe it was Jen now that I'm thinking about it, but we're doing all of this stuff to kind of get your home ready so that we can get the best out of it. And then the market speaks. And, you know, funny enough, like of those 12 offers, there was a very clear opinion on what market value was. Like it was, it was pretty bang on for what people were looking for in terms of market value. And so at the end of the day, the market always speaks. Buyers will determine what the value is and that's just how it works. So we need to be kind of prepared for that, right? And the more you can prep your clients that that's how it's going to work, the less objections you'll have down the road. It's always about doing the work beforehand. When you find out that you're already in it, it's almost too late to turn that that truck around. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. So I think one of the other things that we were talking about specifically for, uh, oh, here's Mel. We're going to have to, Mel, you missed the whole conversation. We knew you had your hand up ready to to, to speak up, but you know, probably forgot what it was now, right? (laughs) No, 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 no. Keep going. Have you guys moved on? No, no, no. We were about to, but if you've got something you want to add, please, please get it in. One of the things that, that it brings to mind is talking about managing expectations is, I mean, and it happened to us where you get this client who is running the listing. I can see you might lose me here in a minute again, but they're running the listing. And mm-hmm. this is one like that's the the signal of death if, if the client starts running the listing yeah. and believe I don't care because I've been through it multiple times and I look back there definitely were clear signals that this was going to be an issue and just like you know someone who has the boyfriend who isn't quite perfect and you think you're going to change them you are not going to change them so be aware of that because that is you know some of the, once you get to that point you're already in deep yeah. right you you just you're 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 there and it's gonna end badly. It'll end with yeah. you walking away from the listing, firing the client, or the client firing you. And mm-hmm. uh you know, yeah. this particular client we had signed deals done even higher than she's currently listed with her next agent, who's they've been listed for the last six months. And if she came back to me tomorrow and said, 
you know, okay, I change it. Can you take me? No, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I can't. I'll yeah. never get those, those weeks back in my life. No, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, someone and get a referral fee. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. And that's something yeah. that comes with experience as well. Acknowledging like, Hey, I can't have this client on my roster right now. It's going to suck mm-hmm. too much of my time, too much of my energy. It's going to cost me more than it's going to earn me in the long run. Yeah. And they do exactly. exist. But realtors, we all have big egos and we think we can ride it all the way to the end. But what will that end look like? So take heed the advice. I think one of the, the big takeaways that we'll leave that subject with is you've got to get preemptive with it. You've got to get there before those expectations really kick in. You've got to set the tone at the beginning, whether it's through the marketing, how the process works, the the evaluation and then set that tone right from the start so that at least when those expectations get leveled up a little bit down the road, it's not your first time trying to turn that boat around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. All right, Mike, I'm going to throw it to you again. The, the next thing that I remember we were talking about on our coach's call was a newer agent uh, that has a buyer that's looking at a property. It's been sitting on the market for a little while at X amount, and they were nervous about giving a lower offer, but they, that they might offend the sellers. So yeah, tell us a little yeah. bit more and then we'll sure. chime in on. Yeah, no, I, and this guy, I love it because he's such a great agent and he is going to be an amazing agent. And that's the thing is like, he gave me a call and it's like, Hey, here's the situation. My clients want to purchase this property. It's, um, it's been on the market for seven months. You know, it's listed at let's, you know, to make numbers easy. Like let's, I think it was like five seventy, but let's just call it six. Um, it's listed at six. He is looking at potentially, um, bring in a lower offer and I don't want to offend the other side. And the lower offer was maybe $20,000 lower, right? At the time. <laughs> and it's been listed for seven months. And so that's the thing is as a buyer agent, it is also our job to do a CMA, even though, right? And to compare and, and because it's been listed for seven months, I truly believe that the property's obviously overpriced because nobody's willing to pay that price. So when you do that CMA, you'll probably reveal within that point where the fair market value is for that property. Um, so my suggestion was to go much lower, you know, throw, throw something out there, test the waters a little bit, throw it a line. Don't be worried about, um, offending somebody. I think I saw it on shark tank once. Um, one of the sharks had said money should never be offensive. Don't ever be offended when someone offers you money, right? It's something that is, you know, that's what they believe the value to be. Um, at the end of the day, it's a, a buyer. The, the true value of something is what a buyer is willing to pay. Right. And, um, I think, you know, throwing out a line out there, test out the water a little bit to see what's going to happen is a great way to um, feel out the client. And not only that, but as a buyer agent, that's our job is to really try to save as much money possible for our buyer clients, right? And so <laughs> by doing that, yeah, you might ruffle a little feathers because they're going to think it's a low ball offer. But you know what? That's how you get a deal done because now you can maybe work with them. Maybe they counter back and then you recounter and you guys settle a little bit lower than what your clients originally thought they were going to buy it for, right? which is exactly what you want. Um, yeah. I remember it's uh, a situation in the past. And again, it's all about information, but I had a buyer that was looking to buy a home and we had gone through the property um, and the homeowners were home and they were um, they were looking for a particular, and they literally said it, we're looking for a very particular family to buy this home. Um, and we believe you guys to be the family. So we would like for you to come over to our house, um, whatever Tuesday night it was. And I, can, I remember it so well because it was the night it was the day that the Raptors won uh, the, the championship. <laughs> I had to go to their house with my clients 
and sit down at their dinner table with the family and their realtor and talk about buying the house with them. All open discussion. Completely that. open. I was like, this is so wild. And the best part is the clients, the sellers go, okay, I want both the realtors out of the house. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> so me and the seller realtor outside the house and I'm like, hey man, what's going on? Like, this is so weird, right? Like I'm having to make small talk with this guy. Anyway, so they agreed upon a, a lower price and the price point was around 700,000. So they agreed 725 that they would pay, right? The buyer, my buyers agreed with the sellers, we'll pay 725 without even me being there. <laughs> we left the house and I said to them, you know what? I, I don't like that. I don't like that they did that. And, and at the end of the day, if they really find true value in you guys, I'm going to go lower. We're putting a lower number on there than 725 because we just went through this whole process. They clearly want you guys to be the owners. Let's try it. And we went in at seven. Uh, so 725, we went in at 720 and they accepted it. We got five grand lower just because <laughs> I got the vibe that they, we were the ones, right. And using my you know skills and knowledge of the situation, I you know took advantage of it for my clients. Um, and my guys saved $5,000. Yeah. Now if the seller side said, no, we agreed 725, my guys would have paid it, but what's the harm in asking for it? Right. What's the, why not? Why not give it a try and see what happens? Uh, and yeah. that five grand, you know, it might not be a lot of money in the grand scheme of things, but Hey, yeah. that's at least a mortgage payment, right. Or, or that's whatever, you know, a, a little family vacation. It's something. Right. Mm -hmm. Those kind of moves, Mike, which I love, by the way, I'm loving that move. Um, Come, like the the skills, it takes skills to know that you can do that. Yes. Like when you hear an, an agent say, like you had heard an agent say, oh, I'm, I don't want to insult them for 20K or whatever the heck it was down, mm -hmm. be on your calls, be on your calls, be on the real play calls. These are the things that we mm -hmm. learn, right? I mean, all yes. of us here have learned because we learn from other people listening and having those conversations and masterminds because that's amazing. It's yeah. brilliant. I love it. One of my yeah. favorite scripts I ever learned from, it was from an agent in our office, Michael Tuff. It, it was one of the best scripts. I use it on every single uh, buyer uh, whenever I'm offering on a property. The script is, he calls the agent and he asks them, uh, is this your price or your client's price? And it's so simple, but the reason behind it is because if they say it's their price, it means that they are going to back that price. They believe that's the price. But if they say it's the client's price, Typically, that means that the price is higher than what the realtor had offered because they're going to go. The client's going to go with the higher offer. Mm -hmm. So if it's the yep. if it's the client's price, that realtor does not support that price. Number one, but number two, it's also probably a lot higher because that realtor did not tell them that price point. They told them a lower price point. So then you say, okay, well, listen, my clients believe the value to be X, which is much lower. How do you feel about that? And they typically go, yeah, you know, we told our sellers that this is the fair market value of the property, but they wanted to test the market and they reveal all this information. It's so great. It's such a great script to use and it gets the realtor thinking. I love that. Um, so much now, if you are the seller and someone asks you that question, just say it's an agreed upon price that both parties. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say it's our price. Yeah. 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 We it's looked at price. all the comparables. We know market value and that's the price. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. bipolar yeah. To be yeah. a realtor. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like the easiest way to separate a seller and a seller uh, realtor right away. Like you yeah. literally just put a divide between them right by asking yeah. that question. And that seller realtor just throws their clients under the bus by saying, oh, it's the client's price. Pretty much saying, I didn't support that price point. They're out to lunch with their valuation. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Which is it's also interesting because it can flag to you too on another, uh, at a different piece of the negotiation process whether or not that that agent is 
good at managing their client, right? Because mm-hmm. if it's an agent says like, oh, it's my client's price, you'd have to wonder like if you meet the same agent a few times and they always say it's my client's price, it's my client, then you know like they're not managing their clients. So you can you know you're negotiating against the client, not yeah. like well, not. You don't have an agent, ally right? there because so they're not equipped to have those discussions. Yeah. yeah. And it's going back to what you said at the beginning, Mike, about him, you're the agent saying, I don't want to offend them. I always, it's so, it always makes me laugh, right? The, the, the concept of offending somebody. And I always have a script that I use, whether it's to like one of the, the other agent, the listing agent, because they'll often be like, oh, like this, this is offensive. This offer is offensive. Or, you know, your client as a seller is like, well, I'm offended by this price. And I'll always just say that I'm like, okay, well, just help me understand that a little bit, a little bit more. I'm just a little bit confused. It's like you're offended that somebody wants to buy your house, and then they just like stop <laughs> and so look stupid, at you, right? right? Yeah. And then they're like, "Well, Dumb. it's just a really low offer." It's like, okay, I, like I agree with you. I get that part, but why does that offend you? Like this could be their budget. This could just be us. We haven't done any of the negotiation yet, so we don't know where we're going to end up. So why, yeah. why be, why are we offended by it? Like, I'm not really offended. I'm just mad about the price. Okay, well, let's talk about the price, right? Just completely remove that piece of it. I'm like, why are you offended that someone wants to buy your house? It blows my mind. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. See, I've learned so much on this call. Yeah. Yeah. I I had at least three good scripts that were given out so far. (laughs) Yes. This is, here's another doozy. This is another one. I I learned this one as well. And it was, um, uh, so when you're negotiating your commission, if if that's what you decide to do, um, an agent once said, or they said that they use this line on somebody. That, so obviously when you're when you're representing or when the buyer's uh, coming to the deal, you're giving them two and a half percent, right? So the seller asked the listing agent, "Can you do it for one percent or one and a half percent?" And the seller said, "Okay, I can do that, but just so you're aware, you're paying a buyer agent two and a half percent to negotiate against me, and you're paying me one and a half percent to negotiate on your behalf." Does that seem right to you? Right? And it's like, oh yeah, I'm literally paying somebody to come and negotiate against my realtor and I'm paying that person more than I'm paying my realtor. Mm-hmm. Like that's so backwards, right? And so the client was like, no, that doesn't make sense. Okay, great. Well, my commission is two and a half percent as well, right? Or whatever it is, 3%, yep. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's such a great line because it gets them thinking like, oh wow, yeah, your, your job is to negotiate on my behalf. And if I'm paying you less, are you really negotiating on my behalf or are you just trying to get a paycheck, right? Or are you just trying to get the deal done and over with, right? Right. I think going back to step one of this conversation about the agent or any agent being worried that they're going to offend because that's not an uncommon experience. There's a lot of agents that'll say, I'm I'm worried about doing this because I don't want to offend anybody. Not just worried about the offense, but you think it might make the negotiation process harder. But I think going back to step one of that is, have you done the CMA? Just like Mike said, have you done a CMA? Do you think that it's worth less than what it is? Or are you just trying to hunt for a deal? Like at least if you establish those two factors first, then you know where you're coming from. And I've loved this forever on our team, especially between Cecilia and I, is that we, we kind of look at it as a badge of honor when I bring two very far sides apart because one still wants really high, one wants a low ball, and we still walk away at the end of the day and get the deal done. That that is the biggest feather in your cap because it's not just yeah we got X amount over asking it's like no I took two parties that were very far apart from each other and brought them together to a place where they were happy and we got the deal done because they both achieved what they wanted one wanted to sell the house the other one wanted to buy the house and we made it happen but you can only do that by starting at whatever the starting point is even if it is offensively low right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Every great negotiation, yeah. both sides feel a little bit of pain, and that's exactly yeah. mm-hmm. it. 
Yeah. Um, and so when you get that middle, that's the sweet spot, right? That's where it feels really good for you because that's your job as an agent is to broker that deal together. Yeah. Totally. Uh, and yes, both parties feel it a little bit, but at the end of the day, the common goal has been reached yeah. of we've sold and they've bought. And right? just yeah. a reminder there, the middle isn't the middle of the two prices. The middle is That's just right. bringing yeah. them together. It may be exactly. at, if the this price was five seventy in that example, it may yeah. be five fifteen. You know what I mean? That might yeah. be the middle that they both came together because one wanted it for yeah. five, and one was like, "Well, I really wanted five twenty-five, right?" So mm -hmm. it's yeah. it's not always the middle of the pricing. Is like goes back to never split the difference. The middle ground is not usually the winning place to be. It's about how did I bring <clears> them together. Mm -hmm. How do I get them together? How do I broker this deal together? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you only yeah. start, you can only do that by starting those conversations. So don't be nervous about it. Come with the information. And if you can justify your price, then at least that's step one. Then it comes down to your negotiating skills on how you connect with the agent, maybe prep them on how to have their conversations with their, uh, with their clients, as well as managing expectations on your client side. Mel, yeah. this is the quietest you've been in a conversation is there anything you, is there anything that that you want to add no. on on um on bringing people together on one if you thought it was going to be offensive? No, I think that's great. I love listening to Jen and hear and hearing that because it is true. It is a it is a quandary, isn't it? Where they think and when you say split the difference, that's the client always wants to do that, right? Yes. After they argue why their price should be the one it should be, then regardless of where it is, they want to split the difference. Split the difference. And yeah, like for some reason, I don't know. It's it's the way the human mind works. Yes. But create create a different middle, right? And that's that's basically what you're doing because you know your client's going to want to split the difference. Well, they're not going to want to, but that's where they'll, you know, yeah. they'll probably end up usually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's funny you can yeah. usually see that coming in the negotiation, especially with the other agent that you're working with. You're like, I see where you're going. I, I with the, each counter. They're like, okay, you're, you're looking for the middle ground here. That's why you're only inching X amount, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I've had conversations with agents in the past where they'll say, we'll be negotiating like back and forth a few times. And then either they'll say, or I'll say, I'll be like, okay, like we've been doing this for a minute. Like we're clearly going to end up at 870 or 871 or 872. Just put it on paper. My guys will like, we'll accept it. We'll get there. Let's yeah. not go back and forth six more times to get to where we're trying to go. Right. Like we, yeah. it's clear where we're all going. Like let's speed up this process a little bit. And you know, you usually just kind of chuckle because that's exactly what's happening. And yeah. once both <laughs> parties are on the same page, you can kind of speed it up. Right. But um, yeah. I've been in situations too, where it's like, pulling an, an inch back and forth, back and forth, back until you, it's like kneading dough. You're like, Oh my God, this is painful. Right. Just get there. And yeah. you just got to wait for them to get there. But yeah. yeah. I think I love the, verbal deal. the biggest, the biggest thing in, in negotiating, you know, is not letting your client, you, you know, you're not there. I think people forget what their role is when they're negotiating. And I think sometimes they think it's, I'm just supposed to listen and then translate listen, translate. And, and so much not is that your job, right? You're, you need to run that and guide your own client as well and provide that kind of vehicle itself to get there. So it's so much, so many skills that you don't even realize, right. That, that happened during that, but you have to understand or you could lose it all for sure. Yeah. But negotiations mm -hmm. could go so South. Yeah. The other thing I would throw in there is this is maybe a little off topic, but when ego shows up, because mm -hmm. I've, I've definitely experienced that in the past. And i luckily, you know, I work with a great partner over there and she'll remind me, she's like, you're getting in the way of this thing. Like, just cause you want to save your clients X amount more money 
they're happy. They've said it to you. They're happy. We will accept this deal. And I'll be like, well, I can save them five more grand. Let's do that. Right. And she's like, no, you're getting in the way. And there's times where the clients are open to that. And there's times when they're not. But what I've found, you know, as when I was a little bit uh, newer in the business is that that ego did show up. And when I knew that I could get more money, I was almost upset that the client didn't want me to go back. I'm like, oh, no, no. Yeah. We, we can get you some more money or we can save you a few bucks. And they're like, no, I'm, I'm perfectly content. This is within the range that you said, and we're happy. And I'm like, okay, I guess so. <laughs> it is, you know, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, so many stories like that, right? First yeah, person in the house wants to buy it. Oh, for the love. I just spent all this money. I wanted people to come through it. Like, our, our mind goes crazy. Yeah. Oh, that was I need my marketing dollars to work for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Start to lose your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, was was there anything else that came this came up this week that we have forgot to mention, or was was that everything? I think that was kind of mainly everything. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't think. We. I think that was everything. I don't. I don't recall much else. Yeah. So when this episode goes live, the three of you will actually be in Anaheim for a family reunion. What do you guys, give me, give me a quick one. What are you looking forward to? What do you want to get out of it? And don't tell me the warm weather. Just tell me something that you are hoping to get on a family reunion this time around. Mike, it's your, it's your first time going. Like what, what oh made you go? God, Mike. Um, what made me go? Sorry, is that what you asked? Yeah, that one. And then what do you want to get out of it? Oh, what do I want to get out of it? Yeah. So the biggest thing for me was, um, it's an investment in your business, right? There's obviously, um, people that are at such huge levels in their business that I want to learn from. And they, and this is a common area that they all typically go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided that this was a great opportunity for me to go one network with other agents um, to take those classes and learn those things, keep an open mind. That's, well, that's one of the biggest things that I love to do is try to keep an open mind with stuff. Um, and taking like at the end of the day, the ego part of it, uh, what you just mentioned is a big thing for me. It's like, okay, we're running this business, which is doing great but how can we do it better? And, and, and sometimes I just don't know how to do it better. And so I need to, instead of thinking, oh, I'll figure it out, just go and ask for help from somebody else, right? And just go and see what is it you guys did to overcome this challenge? Or how did you overcome this? And how did you get to here from there? And, and what's the next thing I should be worried about? And, and really learning from that kind of stuff and those people especially. Um, and I think that environment that you're in is just so high, high energy um, that it kind of, it motivates you to come back and, and really kick butt for the rest of the year. Right. And that's exactly what I'm looking forward to. Um, and then, you know, the occasional nice weather drink with, uh, maybe Mel and Jen out in the sun, uh, that might be a little bonus. <laughs> oh, they will be had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Mel, yeah. What, what about you? There's so many, I looked at the breakouts and I'm like, Oh, why does this always happen? There's more than one. There's multiples I want to go to. So my whole thing is before I go, I'm researching. And Mike, I'll tell you, if you haven't been before, mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. just have one. Don't just say, okay, this is the one I'm going to. You need to have backups. Because the one oh. challenge oh. with family reunion is you could get to that room and it could they could be, sorry, sir, it's full. So then you got to run to the other wow. one. So it's important for you. That's very different from mega camp. Probably one of the biggest differences. So mega camp, yeah. you kind of sit in one place and in family reunion, you're running like a turkey all over the place trying to get in the room. So make sure that you've got more than one choice for second and third right. so you can go there. And there's just some no. amazing no. things, just not only with the team stuff that's coming up, but with 
you know, I, I can't remember all of them right now, but there was so many. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then, of course, the so you know, I've said it on my red chair. I've said it everywhere. But the social mic is like wherever everybody goes. Don't wait for an invitation. <laughs> they, they're not coming. So you just jump on. Yes. Right. And <clears throat> and keep going. And and that's where I love those conversations, those after conversations. Yeah. 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 Really, the networking is obviously very big, and that, and I do love that about our industry is because you get to connect with people on a different level, um, and to help, and again, they help you expand your business, right? Which is so so important, um, and you do so by connecting, building relationships with them, just like you would with a client, right? Just like you yeah. would with a client. Yeah, beautiful. Super I was having some fun with, I'm having a Jen with the stroke like <laughs> you've got going on. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. To tell us some scary so stories sorry. or something. I, I, I do to have to say, my... Jen, before before you say anything else, because I kept it away, but I know this will get edited out. But when you said, oh, I taught command, it was so nice to get back to technology and everything. And I'm like, people, she couldn't even turn on a ring light. No, I like I like teaching command. This is not my fault. I don't know what's happening. So I plug my laptop in. No, listen, I plug my laptop into the wall and my little dongle, which is normal. And I, the minute I plugged it in, my my ring light and my computer screen have just been turning on and off since it happened. And I don't understand why. So this is me turning it on, and then it will just turn itself off. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not actually me. I, my my wall plug is, like, freaking out or something. Anyway, that's, what are you looking that's what's happening. To, what, are you, what are you looking forward to getting out of family reunion? Oh, man, this is like my seventh or eighth time going or something crazy like that. So I think the main thing for me is I am looking forward to going to topics that I've just never heard taught before. So my goal is to just every Mm -hmm. breakout is to pick something totally different that I've never done, whether it's from the leadership brokerage perspective or it's coaching focus, because those will probably be the two areas I spend most of my time or if there's something really cool with teams and real estate or something, Mike's just changing the background. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Mike, it's Let's, fine. Look. There we go. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> so, fine. I'll put my leg I want on. to mess with you a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's... <laughs> that's, that's it is Valentine's Day after all. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm looking forward to mainly is... Um, just learning new stuff, hearing new things. And I was, I was on a mastermind this week and I was sharing about that, um, the podcast that you and I were listening to Dylan with the guy with Gary Keller and the simple path from wealth guy and, um, or to wealth. And, uh, Gary Keller says at the very beginning, he was like, to be honest with you, I haven't read your book because he's like, I had already learned what I needed to know about that topic. So I stopped looking for information on it. And I started focusing on other areas. And it was the first time I ever heard anybody say they they stopped. They were like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I've got my system. It runs. Mm-hmm. I don't need to learn anymore about that. And I was like, oh. And then I was like looking at the breakouts. And I'm like, but I know most of this stuff. So why would I go back to the same things? I want to do, I want all new stuff. So anyway, that's my, that's what I'm looking forward to. And drinks on the patio with Mike and Mel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love Sorry, it. Dale. Well, well, we got to bring one of his heads on a stick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Z- zoom me, and I'll, I'll make some drinks at home after the kids are asleep. 
<laughs> I'll be there in spirit. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning into our show. We, we release an episode every Thursday. You can check us out on our YouTube channel or find us on Instagram. I'm Dylan. That's Jen. That's Mike. That's Mel. Check us out on our social medias. And if you ever need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. We'll see you all next week. Take care. Bye. Bye.